USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command performance presented this week and every week till you're back from over there. Well, gang, this is Ken Carpenter unwrapping the biggest Christmas package of the day. Command performance, your present from Armed Forces Radio Service, Los Angeles, USA. This year, we wanted to make this a very realistic Christmas. Of course, we couldn't bring you any snow, we couldn't bring you a hunk of the North Pole or Santa Claus's igloo, but we are bringing you a man who has an icicle for a nose, and here he is, Bob Hope. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob, Christmas Command Hope. Telling all you occupation troops that are wearing iron lids, how are you going to get enough points to come back when it's Crosby who keeps having kids? <laughs> of course, even in the occupation troops are issuing passes to certain fellows for Christmas. Issuing passes to certain fellows for Christmas. That's an army expression meaning eeny, meeny, miny, there ain't no mole. <laughs> I'd like you to meet a grand old trooper. This generation loves him as dearly as the last two did. That lovable old singer of songs, Bing Crosby, right? Do you hear that whistle down the line? I figure that it's engine number 49. She's the only one that's gonna sound that way On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe See the smoke arising round the bend I reckon that she knows she's gonna meet a friend Folks around these parts get the time of day From the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe
pretty big And they'll all want lifts down to Brown's Hotel Cause lots of them be traveling for quite a spell All the way from Philadelphia On the Atchison, Topeka and the Santa Fe 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 The good old eighty and the Santa Fe I'm sure that was thoroughly enjoyed. I'm sure that was thoroughly enjoyed by all limited servicemen with broken hearing devices. Oh, you're very sweet, Prong Puss. Very sweet. Listen, Bing, in case you haven't heard, I'm having a big Christmas party tonight. Free? What kind of a shindig is it going to be? You haven't got any more of that Gonzaga stuff. What kind of a shindig? Oh, kids are going to come up with many a lull here tonight. Where are you? What'd you say, Daddy? What kind of a shindig? Well, it's, uh, wait till I see the shins. But I tell you, I, I was thinking of making it sort of a costume party. Yes. What do you think? I think you're ready. You're ready. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think? Don't you go any further. <laughs> tell me, what do you think that I should come as? Why don't you come as a man with hair? Hold on. <laughs> Bing, I think <clears throat> you have a capital dome. Matter of fact, I noticed a little growth of fuzz there this afternoon. Is that nice? Mm-hmm. It's that new octane. Smooth, <laughs> very yeah. smooth stuff. Goes down easy, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, Bingo, do you think you can get to my party? I don't know, Bob. I've got to fix up our own tree for my boys. You're familiar with the Crosby Tots, no doubt. Crosby Tots? Mm-hmm. When is Gary's kids getting out of the service? <laughs> You want me to talk about... <laughs> Thought you'd never make it, old boy. <laughs> I'd check about that. That's a late reaction, old boy. <laughs> you get them later, enjoy them longer. <laughs> hey, let's go here. You want to talk we? about age? You want me to... Uh... Talking about age, you want me to mention your USO unit at Valley Forge? That time of... <laughs> I wait so long to get something in. It's a big... Well, you've got another line. Just yeah. But you say this is going to be a masquerade party, huh? Come again? What are you coming as, really? I'm coming as a thin man. The thin man? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Everybody will think you've got Asta under your vest there. <laughs> but I still, I'm just in a dither. I don't know how I should appear. Well, what? why don't you make up as one of your own horses? Then you wouldn't even have to show. <laughs> You could just come as a pot of glue or something. Oh, you know? <laughs> Well, if I do make it come to your party, I suppose you'll expect some expensive trinket or bauble or something. Oh, don't let that worry you, Bing. You didn't last year. <laughs> you must be jesting. You don't remember my gift? Oh, yes, very snappy. A mother-of-pearl button hook. <laughs> I haven't worn shoes like that since my junior prom at Vassar. <laughs> Bob, my dear boy, that wasn't for your shoes. I thought you could use it to take a hitch in your stays. <laughs> Look who's talking, a flesh dumpling. Merry Christmas, baby. Well, Dinah Shaw. Well. Merry Christmas, Dinah. You remember my colleague here, Bob. If it's not a yacht, throw it out, Hope. You remember <laughs> Oh, sure. I've known Bob since he was a cub. That's not fair, Dinah. Haven't I always been platonic with you? Oh, sure. Platonic. That's hope language. But what did I do with those etchings again? Are you you going to Bob's party? Yes, Bing, I am. As a matter of fact, Bob suggested we have a progressive party. You know, at my house, we have the hors d'oeuvres, turkey, cranberry sauce, dressing, vegetables, dessert, coffee, and brandy. And then we all go over to Bob's house. What's for it, a burp? (laughs) 
know very well we're going to do all the eating at my house. All you promised to do was help prepare the stuff. Did you get those hot dogs I sent over? Hot dogs? All I got was 200 empty skins. What did you expect me to do with them? Fill them, girl. Fill them. Well, what with? Well, you know what with. I sent over four turkeys this morning. Oh, oh goody. Turkey thirty. <laughs> Furters, by the way. <laughs> He's always pulling those darbs. Say, uh, by the way, Dinah, remember what you promised to lend me? Oh, Bob, I don't think I can. Oh, but Dinah, I need it. Well, hey, Bob, Dinah might be wearing it herself. <laughs> Stay out of this, Blub. You know, Dinah, what I what I like about it is that it. So little holds so much. <laughs> yes, it does. And it makes it so firm. <laughs> oh, all right, Bob. I'll lend you my ice cream freezer. <laughs> Swell. Now, well, you'll have to excuse me now. I've got to type up a big list of presents, I expect. So I'll see you at, I'll see you at the party, Don. And how about you, Bing? Are you in? Oh, I don't know, Bob. I did have a previous engagement. Oh, you don't have to keep it this year. They can get another baritone in that Salvation Army Quartet. <laughs> Oh, the pennies sound so nice. <laughs> turkey's turkey. <laughs> Those pennies sound so nice when they hit my tambourine. I'll think it over, Bob. Meanwhile, there's a sh- sure special dangling under the mistletoe from the top, please. And this time, uh... you got it, Bing.
It's an ill wind that blows nobody good, but here's a good wind that blows nobody ill. The little boy with the blue horn, Mr. Harry James, right here. I suppose you'll be at my party tonight. Well, Bob, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, well, Harry, you've got to be there. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm awfully busy. Harry, the party just can't go on if you're not there. Well, gee, Bob, I'd like to come. But you must, Harry. You must. You're my best friend, my closest companion. There's no one I like better. Please come. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, okay. If you can't make it, send your wife. <laughs> Well, believe me, Bob, I'll try and make your party, but right now, I have to answer a request to command performance. Take a look at this letter I received from the Philippines, Bob. It came with a big box that contained a pretty surprising package. Well, what was in it, Harry? A Japanese bugle. Hmm, let me see the letter. Harry James, Command Performance, USA. Dear Harry, enclosed in package, you'll find a Japanese bugle captured by the Force Sound Ranging Platoon during the fighting in the Philippines. Six of our unit, accompanied by Filipino guerrillas, were alone in Japanese-infested territory. We were attacked about 3 o'clock in the morning, but drove the nips off, and Corporal C.E. Fowler grabbed the bugle as a souvenir. This little skirmish on a lonely hill in the Philippines did not make headlines, but was very important to us. Corporal Fowler sends this bugle to you, hoping in return you'll sound taps for the Japs on their own bugle. Sincerely, members of the 4th Platoon, 289th F.A. Observation Battalion, APO 70, well, Harry, here's the bugle. Are you going to sound taps? No, Bob. Those boys already sound the taps for the Japs, but just for fun, let's see what a couple of hot riffs sound like on a bonsai bugle. <laughs> Harry, send it to Benny Goodman. Maybe it's a clarinet. <laughs> I guess I Lovely better stick lips. to... You ought to have Joey Brown here for that, uh, yeah. for that thing. I guess, Bob, I better stick to my own bugle. An excellent suggestion. Mm. How about giving out with something with a bit of bounce? Okay, here's the whole gang tripping lightly through the two o'clock jump.
to add a touch of dignity to this Christmas clam bake, we look at our file under Dignified, and there we find cultured, refined, suave, Herbert Marshall. Thank you, Ken, my boy. It was nice of you to ask me over, but I'm in a bit of a hurry. I'm invited to Bob Hope's party again this year. Oh, what's your hurry, Bart? The party isn't for a little while yet. No, I have to go to the bank and get some change for tips. <laughs> By the way, uh, Ken, who's going to be at the party this year? Oh, people of great importance. Betty Davis, Luella Parsons, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, a lot of people. How do you like that? He left that umbriago. Jimmy Durante! I'd like to have you meet Herbert Marshall. Glad to know you, Mr. Marshall. It's a pleasure. The, um, the happenstance of this fortuitous meeting shall be added to my collection of appreciative enjoyment. Sometimes I wish I could speak a foreign language. <laughs> By the way, what nationality are you? I, uh, I come from England. Oh, to be sure, that's in London, isn't it? <laughs> yes, just on the outskirts. It was... <laughs> It was lucky I met you tonight, Herbert. You don't mind if I call you by your maiden name. No, no, please do. Please do. You know, Bob Hope is going to give a big party tonight. Yes, I understand it's going to be quite a soiree. That's all right. I'll leave before the cops come. <laughs> by the way, Mr. Marshall, you being British and coming from a long line of Brits makes you, makes you just the man I'm looking for. I may have a job for you. A job? Yes, I need a valet. You mean, uh... Yes, I want you to be my gentleman's gentleman. No, it won't work. We're short one gentleman. <laughs> Usher, stand erect. Add a little class to the joint. Repeat that line. I think I got a laugh here. Repeat that line. It won't work. It won't work. We're short one gentleman. Well, you can study nights. <laughs> I got a million. A million. <laughs> Jimmy, now, would you say that you occupy a social position sufficient to warrant having a manservant? Oh, yes. It's a well-known fact that Durandy is practically stinking with charm. You'll pardon my skepticism, but a true gentleman must have a background of generations of culture. It may interest you to know that I have an Angelo uh, Saxon genealogy. <laughs> they thought I couldn't pronounce it, the bums. And uh, Angelo said, well, uh, uh, are you sure? How can I be sure? I don't even know what it means. <laughs> It means, that, uh, it means that some of your ancestors were born in England. Is that true, Jimmy? Yes. My great-grandfather, Sir Rumplebottom Durante, <laughs> was an important man in Wickenham County. And the regime of Henry IV, he presided over a big country seat. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yes. But with the event of King Henry V, he fell into political disfavor. He was forced to move the country seat from Wickenham to Trickenham. Then he had to move it from Trickenham to Pickenham. What a dilemma. There he was with a big seat and no place to put it. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, your mentioning the names of those English townships brings back memories of my young manhood. Many as the afternoon, we young fellows used to go out hunting quail. Just a minute. Did you say quail? <laughs> yes, um... Yeah, that's a bird. Pardon me, I mistook your intentions. <laughs> but that is neither Tally nor who. <laughs> Mr. Marshall, I need your advice on the proper attire from which to attire myself for the party. Well, I understand it's formal. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any black trousers? No, but I can always smear some kiwi on my long underwear. <laughs> Jimmy, you can't go to a party in long underwear. Why not? If things get dull, I can always make a graceful exit through the escape hatch in the back. <laughs> well, Jimmy, seriously, things won't get dull if you sing a song. Why don't you rehearse one right now? Noble idea, Mr. Marshall. When I open my mouth... 
That's what comes out. I was walking down Park Avenue the other day. I was whistling Janine Aramia. A fellow who was coming in the opposite direction. He bumped right into Mia. Now, I didn't say nothing. I just kept on going. Don't you think he turned around and said, but don't you look where you're going? Now, I stood aghast as it wasn't my fault. Then he pushed me off the sidewalk onto the asphalt. So I ups to him and he ups to me. Say, then I ups to him and I said, I said it was his fault. He said it was my fault. I said it was his fault. He said, if you don't like it, I'll punch you right in the proboscis. I was so mad I was frotting at the kneecaps. <laughs> so I ups to him, and he ups to me. But I don't do nothing, I just keep my attitude, see? Then I said, wait a minute, Mac. You don't look like a lumberjack, but you can't bulldoze me. And with that, to show him who was boss, I put the chip on my shoulder and I said, knock it off. Knock it off. Five minutes later, the chip was still there, but the shoulder was gone. <laughs> So I ups to him, and he ups to me. So I goes my way, and he goes my way. Well, exhausted and fatigued, and tired too, I stopped at a nearby pharmacy for my daily vitamins. I was munching vitamins A, B, C, and D, and was getting down to E, F, G, and H. When I feel that tap on my shoulder and a voice saying, have one on me, partner, thinking it was the same chump, I whirls around as quick as a flash, I ups to him. When I find myself face to face with a westerner, a tough hombre. So I stops up to him and I says, pardon me, stranger. A stone got in my shoe. You needn't start cussing, I haven't done anything to you. Recognizing a drawl in my voice, he asked me where I hails from. And when I said Barzi Ranch, Phoenix, Tombstone, Arizona, he hits me with his leather boot, blackens my eye, knocks me down, picks me up, knocks me down, picks me up. But I kept smiling through it all. I had a smile. He had his fist in my mouth. <laughs> so I left him to his own resources. Now the scene changes. Three years has elapsed. I've grown a perfect toupee and I've prospered. I'm laying on the beach at Waikiki, just a millionaire on the loose, when I feel someone taking me on the schnoz and a voice singing a lock caroose. It was I remember you. After three years, who comes back to torment me? Knocked the shoulder off McNulty. So I ups to him, and he ups to me. So I goes my way, and he goes the way of all flesh. Very good, Jimmy boy. Very nice. I know some of you men are lucky enough to be stationed where you can have a big Christmas tree decorating your mess hall. And I only wish this next little thrush had a nest in each one of those trees. Here she is, Miss Jenny Sims. A fine introduction, Bob. That leaves me up a tree. Yeah, I bet it never had such a nice pair of limbs. But before, <laughs> before I do anything else, Jenny, I want to invite you to my Christmas party tonight. Well, thank you. In that case, I'd better drop by my house and put on a party dress. You know, Harry James and his band will be there. It'll be quite a thing. Well, in that case, I'd better put on a formal evening gown. And naturally, we'll sit out a few dances on the love seat together. <laughs> I wonder where I could get my hands on a suit of armor. <laughs> time for your song now, Jenny, so why don't you go right ahead while I run out and look for a can opener. All right, Bob. <laughs> Long as roses bloom 
Christmas wouldn't be complete without all the tinsel on the tree, the gay-colored lights, and all the fixings. Well, we have in the studio tonight 34 members of one of the greatest rumba orchestras of all time. Yes, sir, X marks the spot where we find the maestro himself, Xavier Kugat. Well, welcome to this Christmas command performance, X. It's good to be here, by the way. Are you Bob Hope? Yes, why? (laughs) Well, what's that for? I never laugh at you on the radio, but in person you're so funny. (laughs) We both have an edge on the average cocker spaniel, old boy. (laughs) We add little things, you know, after a well, personally, I like Guy Lombardo. What are you going to bump out, X? Well, Mary X from us to you, man, by the way of Brazil. Brazil. Meu Brasil, Brasileiro. Meu mulato in sonero.
you ex Kugat, that guy can make a Christmas tree throw a hip out of joint. And now, I'd like you to meet a man who is the greatest authority in the world on wrapping and mailing packages for Christmas, Professor Colonna. Professor, Professor, come here. Coming, coming. Christmas seals. <laughs> Cologne, I'm ashamed of you. You have no holiday spirit at all. Oh, don't be silly, Hope. I know all about Christmas. I don't think I ever mentioned this before, Hope. You see... My my mother and father were reindeer. Reindeer? Then, Kelowna, how come you look like you do? What about your face? You explain yours, then I'll explain mine. <laughs> Kelowna, I'll have your hide for this. Okay, but I'm one of you. It's loose around the knees. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, here it is Christmas. Tell me, where have you been all week? For a show. Kelowna, Thanksgiving a burlesque show, Christmas a burlesque show, New Year's a burlesque show. Great, I'll go with you. <laughs> well, haven't you taken care of your gifts yet? I certainly hope. I bought very expensive gifts for everyone. I wrapped them up and wrote to Professor Kelowna on the front and mailed them. Listen, you moron, you mailed all those packages to yourself. I did? Yes. <laughs> he calls me a moron. <laughs> Ah, but I love Christmas, Hope. Twenty years ago, my mother gave me a present of a bicycle built for two, and I still ride it. Twenty years ago, your mother gave you a present of a bicycle built for two. Who sits in the other seat? Man from the finance company. <laughs> well, tell me something about the presents you bought, Professor. Well, I have an aunt who's always been very nice to me, so I bought her a bull. Kelowna, why would your aunt want a bull? Ask her. She's a cow. <laughs> It's absolutely impossible for a cow to be your aunt. It is? Yes. <laughs> Lie to me, will you? Oh, yes. Nice work, Brush Mutt. During that... During the past year, you've heard our next uh, Christmas guest on command performance many, many times. And after each performance, her mailman has to go to headquarters and request another helper. Here's one of your favorite gals, Virginia O'Brien. Virginia, you, you're usually so deadpan, but tonight when you walked in the studio, I saw you smile. I couldn't help it. You look so funny standing under the mistletoe with that lasso in your hand. Yeah, and business was pretty good, too. I, I caught two blondes, three brunettes, and a nearsighted soldier on a six-hour pass. <laughs> Say, what's for the men tonight, Virginia? Well, I'd like to sing Let's Be Sweethearts again. Merry Christmas, fellas. <laughs> To be a gay thing All filled with happiness Night and day thing It was something To have and to hold But it seems That your love grew cold I never knew That our romance had ended until you poisoned my food And I thought it was a lark We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin from CBS World News. A press association has just announced that President Roosevelt is dead. The president died of a cer cerebral hemorrhage. All we know so far is that the president died at Warm Springs in Georgia. When you pushed me off the roof Wouldn't have been so bad if you told me If you told me that someone had suddenly taken my place Huh But no, you didn't even scold me You just tried to disfigure my face You'll never know 
this heart of mine is breaking. It looks so hopeless, but then our life could still be sweet and placid if you just put down that acid and say we're sweethearts again. Remember that night in Bridgeport when the moon shone down on both of us and the breeze sang a love song? And you looked at me and I looked at you and you didn't know what to do, so you broke my leg. I thought there was sort of a strange look in your eyes, but then you smiled and, well, it made everything all right. Then there was that time when we went canoeing and you set fire to my dress. You said you pushed me overboard to put out the flames, but I could never quite understand why you held my head underwater so long. Of course, I've never met this person who's taken my place, but I want you to know that I wish you all the luck in the world. And if there's anything I can do, anything at all, you can reach me in room 304 at the General Hospital. Farewell, my sweet. You'll never know how this heart of mine is breaking. It looks so hopeless, but then our love is great. No love can match it. Darling, please put down that hatchet and say we're sweethearts again. Oh, it's the same, isn't it? Thanks a lot, Virginia O'Brien. And now we depart from the lighter vein for a few minutes to bring you some really fine classical music. We were unable to secure the services of Sir Thomas Beecham's orchestra for this spot on our program, but we have with us his American counterpart. Gentlemen of the AEF, the BEF, and music lovers everywhere, here's Spike Jones and his city slickers. Well, Merry Christmas, Spike. Same to you, Robert, but uh, what's the idea of introducing me as the American Sir Thomas Beecham? I'm no great maestro. That's like me introducing you as a fine comedian. I like it better on my own show. At least Skinny Ennis I can beat up. Well, Bob... Bob, I just want to say thanks. Bob, I just want to say thanks to all you guys and gals on the continent for a swell time when we were over there. And to try and make your Christmas louder in case you care for a loud Christmas, here's our version of Holiday for Strings.
Spike, that boy would have made a great plumber. I wonder how the preparations for the party are coming along. Professor Clone is supposed to be attending to all the details, buying all the food, and uh, that must be Kelowna now. Hello? Hello, is this the restaurant? Send over the cheapest food you've got, charge top prices, and we'll split the profits. <laughs> Send the bill to Bob Hope. Kelowna, this is Hope talking. Built myself a nice little booby trap, didn't I? Kelowna, stop fooling around and start preparing the dinner. Well, that's just what I'm doing, Hope. I'm in the kitchen right now, and I'm very busy with a pot roast. A pot roast? Oh, Professor, kiss me. Hmm. One of the prettier pots. <laughs> Sir, why don't you just settle down and marry another idiot? Well, sorry, Hope, I'd rather be just a sister to you. <laughs> Kelowna, haven't you prepared any refreshments for the party? I certainly hope. I just got a bucket of Pepsi-Cola from a cow. That's ridiculous, Kelowna. Cows don't give Pepsi-Cola. They don't? No. Well, I'll taste it and see. Hmm. What do you know? Southern Comforts. <laughs> Here's one of your salad favorites, an AFRS regular fella who not only writes great songs, but sings them too after a fashion. Preferably an old fashion. Anyway, aided and abetted by the Pied Pipers, here's Johnny Mercer singing Camp Town Racers. Right here. Ladies sing this song, doo-dah, doo-dah, camp town racetrack five miles long, doo-dah day, come down here with my hat caved in, doo-dah, doo-dah, can't go back with a pocket full of tin, oh, doo-dah day, wine to run all night, wine to run all day, I bet my money on a bobtail nag, somebody bet on me, on the long tail Billy and the big black horse, doo-dah, doo-dah,
smoke if you like. Thanks. <laughs> hey, John, that was swell. How would you like to do an encore? Well, I'd like it fine, Bob, but I only had one other song prepared. Uh, Actress in Topeka and the Santa Fe, and that's already been done by your Mr. Crosby. Well, don't give them to me, John, not even for Christmas. <laughs> but that reminds me, Johnny, you're coming to my party tonight, aren't you? Well, yes, Bob, I made a little money on my last song. I guess I can afford it. Johnny, you sound more like Crosby every minute. That is when you talk. Somebody mentioned my name? What's the difference? You'd have come over anyway. <laughs> he has to be in the middle of everything. That's what I get for giving him lines in our last picture. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll be a nice boy or I'll make you call me Mr. Bergen instead of just playing Edgar. Hi, Bing. I was just telling Bob here what a nice job I thought you did on Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Oh, I'm so happy you liked it, John. I didn't interfere with you, did it? I mean, you didn't want to sing it yourself or anything? Oh, no, no. I don't like to sing anymore. Any more than B.O. Putty likes money. Why, <laughs> uh, shucks, Bing's the logical one to sing Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe anyway. Oh, I don't know about that. I introduced it in a picture called Harvey. Right? Well, Judy Garland... Judy, did you want to sing Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe tonight? Yes, I wanted to sing Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe tonight, too. Well, gosh, Judy, I'm sorry I sang Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe first. I don't know about you folks, but I wish I was on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Roman something, No kidding, though, Johnny. It's a swell song. How did you ever happen to get the idea for it? Well, I got the idea from a family I once visited near Topeka, Kansas. They were real hillbillies. There are no hills in Kansas. All right. They were flatbillies. <laughs> and if you, Bing, and Bob will jump in and play some of the characters, we'll show the guys just how I happened to get the idea for the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Well, you got yourself some characters, John. A little flatbilly music, please. <laughs> And now let's look in on the poor but crummy shack of the lazy but shiftless Hawkins family. Johnny, oldest and dirtiest Hawkins, is being wooed by Judy Holcomb, member of a rival clan. As the scene opens, Johnny has spied his pappy coming across the clearing. Hey, you better get here comes a uh, pappy across the clearing riding on his donkey. Which is your pappy? <laughs> The one with the long ears. Why, that old buzzard, I'll take my gun and fill him so full of lead, he'll have to send his laundry to the smelting place. Now, you look here, Judy Holcomb. You better quit shooting holes in me. The gophers is moving in already. Well, I can't help it. Men's and unions is feuding. <laughs> Dag Nabbit, you're right. Whenever a hokum gets near me, I just naturally smell the scum. Well, there's another nostril for you. What do you smell now? <laughs> oh, Pappy, why must us and them ones have to be fighting all the time? How come all this feud never done got started? Well, it's this way, son. My great, 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 great grandpa run away with Judy's great, 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 great grandpa's wife. When did this happen? Yesterday. <laughs> they went to Niagara Falls on the honeymoon, but I don't think it'll do them any good. Why not? Well, they're both so darn deep, they won't be able to hear the water. Say, tell me, where's your other son, Hope Hawk? Well, he's out in the back there, yonder, spearing leaves with his nose. Well, now, that's my idea of a talented fella. Here I come now. <laughs> Hello, Poppy. <laughs> Hello, son. <laughs> They got him cast right. Uh, Continue. Uh, well, look who's here. Our old enemy, Judy Holcomb. Give me a kiss, enemy. Why, heck no. You still got a leaf on your beak. 
gosh, you sure look pretty, Judy. You're so romantic looking. You got my heart a thumping like a hound dog's leg in scratching season. Well, I I kind of hate to admit it, but but you got mine a thumping too. How about you and me and getting hitched? Well, I don't know. Do you really love me, or do you just want someone to shoo the flies off of you? Well, I guess it's a little of both. What do you say? Oh, I say okay. Pappy, I'm going to give Judy a ring. Is that all right? Well, now it would be it, ain't. Nobody's going to put nothing in my girl's nose. <laughs> but she wants to marry up with me, John. How come, Judy? I thought she was sweet on me. Well, what makes you think so? Well, every night we used to sit out in the moonlight and hold toes. just as many toes as you have. I got more. <laughs> now, look ahead, Judy, girl. You got to make up your mind right away. If I forget about our feud, which one of my sons do you want to marry? Well, hope I guess. But first, I'd like to know how old he is. He's 18 years old. Paramount will love me for this. <laughs> you see, I know he's 18-year-old because he takes a bath every year and there's 19 rings around the tub. 19 rings? I thought you said he was 18. Well, I've got to wash up once in a while. <laughs> well, I won't answer that. Our families have had enough trouble. But there's been too much stolen. Let's have the nuptials right away. Now, hold on there, gal. There'll be no nuptials in this house till after the wedding. <laughs> and that's how I happened to write the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. <laughs> This is Marvin Miller, your announcer. Stay tuned for Edward R. Murrow and all of the latest news immediately following station identification. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.